0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And of course, live after every Carolina Panthers game like tonight. Basically, Locked On Panthers after dark as it is 11.50 as I am here live on YouTube with us and with you. And make sure to always subscribe and watch our shows over on Locked On Panthers' YouTube channel. If you ever miss a live show, that's okay. You can always check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter as long as Twitter still exists, at Julian Council, where most Fridays... Not tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this. I'm not going to be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, but next Friday on the 18th, I will. To participate, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. The Carolina Panthers, 25. The Atlanta Falcons, 15. The Panthers win in the remnants of Hurricane. Maybe Tropical Storm Nicole at Bank of America Stadium on Thursday night in prime time. They are now 3-7 and seven overall, 3-1 and one in the division. Unfortunately, though, only two more division games remaining in Week 17 and 18 when they visit Tampa Bay. And New Orleans Panthers win. Brings them within a one and a half games of first place. In the first place, Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to Munich, Germany to face the surprising Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. And I would not be surprised... Come Sunday, I guess noon, the Carolina Panthers would be only a game back in the division. I'm not sure what the hell we saw on Sunday in Cincinnati, but tonight, while clunky and sort of boring at times, that was far more what I expected to see moving forward with this team under Steve Wilkes. The game plan in L.A. against the Rams, I don't know what the hell that was, but the game against Tampa, that effort, what we saw in Atlanta in the game the Panthers should have won, and then tonight, this is what I expected out of this team moving forward with Steve Wilkes. Will we get it in eight, nine days time on the road against Baltimore? We'll see, but tonight, this is the kind of effort that I wanted to see from the Carolina Panthers, and I felt like going to this game, we were going to get a much better effort from these guys on a short week than we saw from them on Sunday because, all right, this is a team in Atlanta that – had they not thrown a pick six before the half a couple of weeks ago, and or like 10 days ago, whatever it was, 11 days ago, 12 days ago, I can't count. Had they not thrown a pick six before the half, they don't lose that game. Had Eddie Pinheiro made that extra point, they don't lose that game. Had DJ Moore kept his helmet on or not been penalized, they win that game. If Pinheiro makes a field goal, they win that game. To make all those mistakes, you knew the Panthers were going to have the Falcons' attention in tonight's football game, and they stepped up. Steve Wilkes is asked about this after the game, whether this was about pride. And he said it's not about pride. It's about us going out there and playing our brand of football and executing. And the defense, from the jump, played the way that you hoped that they would play after they got embarrassed giving up 241 yards to the Bengals, who were in the bottom three of the NFL entering that game in rushing yards, and had their season high of rushing before halftime, and they made Joe Mixon look like a Hall of Famer, which he is not. The defense stepped up big time today, holding the Falcons 33 yards, rushing in the first half, 138 for the game. The Falcons came in today ranking eighth in rushing, and it had 106 yards rushing per game. The Panthers came in only ranked 22nd in the league, but either way, the Panthers did a good job stopping the Falcons on a rush game today. Falcons kind of stepped up later on in the game. There's one rush there late before the time expired. That was in garbage time. That didn't really count. But holding him to basically 100 yards rushing in the second half. Panthers did a good job defensively, and that's what you wanted to see from this team. And they closed out the game as well. And I got a little nervous there late. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie to you. I got nervous because I've been sitting here watching Panthers game in my, my entire life. Kirk Herbstreet, though, who was on the Thursday night football call, which will. Continue to be weird. I don't understand why a guy who has like the best job in college football is so determined to call the worst games in the NFL on Thursday night. Oh yeah, that's right. The money. Okay, cool. Great, Kurt. But Kurt was talking about, Kirk was talking about how, all right, the Panthers have dominated this game, but with 250 left, I can't believe Atlanta is still in this football game says a man who clearly has never watched the Carolina Panthers play football. At that point in time, after the Falcons had that 8-play, 97-yard drive, which was easy, I got off my couch, walked to my fridge, grabbed a beer, and braced myself for the Panthers letting me down once again because that's what we've come to be accustomed to here in Carolina. But thank God for Marquise Haynes for stepping up I had talked about last week. One of the keys to winning the game in Cincinnati was getting pressure on Joe Burrow. And one of the guys that we expected going into the season to help out with the loss of Hassan Reddick was Marquise Haynes, who had seven sacks combined the last two seasons. Big old goose egg coming in here to the week 10 matchup against Atlanta tonight. Gets not one, but two. Right there in that final possession for the Falcons to put the game on ice. So kudos to Marquise Haynes, who probably deserves a game ball for helping to save this game. Brian Burns also got his seventh sack of the season on his way to getting double-digit sacks for the first time in his career. Derek Brown looked a lot better today in this game against the run, especially after he was sick and had to miss the second half in that loss against Cincinnati. So the defense overall, those guys stepped up play with pride, and play the kind of brand of football that we expect out of a Carolina Panthers defense in this franchise's history. Offensively, they got to their DNA. And the DNA moving forward for this team is going to be handing the ball off to number 33. I tweeted out, thank God the Panthers traded away Robbie Anderson so that Terrace Marshall could flourish. And he certainly has only had one reception in tonight's game. But still, biggest pass play of the day, Terrace Marshall showing why the Carolina Panthers drafted him in the second round. And why they and many other teams, aside from the injury scares, had him as a first-round grade back in the 2021 NFL draft. You could also say the same thing about, thank God they traded away Christian McCaffrey, because it's now allowed Deontay Foreman to flourish. I'm not going to say that. I heard I got that sentiment sentiment from someone on Twitter. I'm not going to say that, because McCaffrey, better player than Foreman. But certainly Deontay Foreman, who filled in did a great job in Tennessee last year for um, Derrick Henry when he was down. He has turned in. To the Carolina Panthers' main focal point in this offense, now the Steve Wilkes is the interim head coach, and PJ Walker, as of right now, is the starting quarterback. Steve Wilkes is a defensive coach, and defensive coaches, by their nature, want to have an offense that complements their defense, complementary football. We talked about that here in Carolina. We rarely get it. We've gotten it a little bit more this year, but we don't get it as much as we obviously would like, and that's why the Panthers sit here at three and seven. But again, they won tonight, so good. But Deontay Foreman adds that element that Steve Wilkes wants to base his team on. He wants to run the football, win at the line of scrimmage, and then use a play action to hit pass plays down the field, which they were able to do a couple times in tonight's game in the rain against Atlanta. Foreman has been awesome. And... I'm happy for the dude. Did not know the story that Kaylee Hartung, who's a sideline reporter on tonight's broadcast on Amazon Prime and, of course, locally on WSOC, Channel 9 here in Charlotte. I did not know the story that Foreman was focusing on his trucking company. And if he ever got an opportunity, he would give it his all if someone called him back and his father passed away. Then a month later, he goes to Tennessee and he ran his ass off. And he's done that again this year. And we're going to have to have a larger conversation as this season goes on if Deontay Foreman continues to play like this. If – I mean – Or when the Carolina Panthers need to re-sign him and give him or give him something. We're not talking about big-time money, but to bring him back and run the football. Because this dude has been really good for this team the last couple weeks. That's three out of the last four games, over 115-plus yards, rushing, 31 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown. The guy makes it look easy. He's awesome. He was great at Texas. Didn't really... Carried it over with the Houston Texans. Had his moment last year, like I mentioned, in Tennessee. But so far this year, he has been really one of, if only, the the only bright spot on that offense. And he helped them win this game today. As far as P.J. Walker, they want to run the football, the Panthers do offensively. And they want to be able to hit the timely passing plays, which P.J. was able to do off and on today. Steve Wilkes said after the game, he did a good job managing the game. That's really what the quarterback position here in Carolina needs to be with this offensive philosophy of, hey, hand it to 33 30-plus 30 times and let's ride him and hope that that works and our defense can get enough stops and potentially turnovers and help us win this football game. The quarterback position is a liability in Carolina. And make no mistake, P.J. Walker, despite being 10 of 16, 108, not impressive, no touchdowns and interceptions, was a liability today. And he brought it up how he put the ball in harm's way a couple times. Three times. He should have been picked off on that opening drive should have been picked off should not have been a field goal for the Panthers Falcons player drops it thanks to the rain also PJ deciding when he's getting rushed to try and throw to Deontay Foreman should have been picked off that also I believe would have taken three points off the board and then the one that the Falcons really needed right as Panthers had their last offensive possession before punting it back to the Falcons with the Panthers up by seven. P.J. should have been picked off. He gets picked off in that situation. The Falcons are deep in Panthers territory with an opportunity to tie or potentially go and win that football game. We got lucky today. P.J. got lucky. That team got lucky that the Falcons dropped all three of those opportunities because we could be talking about a completely different result had Atlanta capitalized. So, sure, P.J. managed the game. He managed to get lucky and to not screw his team which makes you think, okay, what do we do moving forward here at the quarterback position here in Carolina? I feel confident that this defense, for the most part, can go out and play well and get stops and be a solid unit. I feel confident moving forward that Johnny Hecker is an absolute weapon. Multiple times tonight, he was able to pin the Falcons deep. And the Falcons, Marcus Mariota, what was he doing? My guy's out here throwing a a ball blind on his back. I just don't understand on year eight the, how Marcus Mariota can do the kind of things that he he did, and yet it was still a game late. But I'm confident in the special team's ability with Johnny Hecker, the pennant team deep, and to be a weapon. I'm confident in his defense's ability, for the most part, to stop teams and to be able to create havoc. I'm also confident in Deontay Foreman and riding that dude the rest of the season and that he can wear on the defense, especially late in the second half. I'm not confident in – the quarterback's ability to take care of the football, whether it's P.J., Baker, or Sam, because I've seen enough at this point in time to know that really what these guys have to do is manage the football game if the Carolina Panthers want to have any chance of moving, winning games moving forward. One more shout-out, though. So defense stepped up. Deontay Foreman out there and did his thing. P.J., by the grace of God, didn't turn the football over. But Eddie Pinheiro, I had tweeted out after he missed the 48-yard extra point and a 33-yarder that would have won the game in overtime, 11 days ago or 12 days ago, whenever you're listening to this, that Eddie Pinheiro needs to drive back on I-85 North and suffer through the constant construction and one of America's worst highways, especially when driving up through the upstate and then seeing that giant peach there in Gaffney, South Carolina. He needed to go through that to understand the pain that he had caused Carolina Panthers fans that day by missing that field goal. Up until that point, Eddie Pinero had been excellent for Carolina. And he bounced back on Sunday, making all three of his extra points. And he bounced back in a big way today, making all of his kicks minus one extra point. Where J.J. Jansen, for the first time in probably a decade, literally a decade, had a bad snap, bad hold. He misses it to the right. I would not blame Eddie. Also gets lucky early in that game with the 49-yarder that he clanked in. Hey, if it goes in, it's three points. That's all that really matters. He's been good outside of that Atlanta game. And Steve Wilkes really gave him a lot of credit for bouncing back in these weather conditions, the way that he performed. So credit to Eddie Pinheiro, credit to Deontay Foreman, credit to this defense, especially Marquise Haynes coming up big later on in the run defense for getting a win and for staying alive. Because this team, you don't know what gonna, you're going to get week in and week out. I was hoping that we'd see more consistency after the Tampa game and even the Falcons game where they were they should have won. We didn't see that on Sunday. But they bounced back. They pressed the reset button and, you know, they kept pounding. And that's what we do here in Carolina. So three and seven overall, three and one in division, and now one and a half games back at Tampa. And I think come noon on Sunday afternoon, there'll only be a game back at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with seven games remaining. And at that point in time, who knows what is in store for the Carolina Panthers? We will see. Okay, so. Yes, someone saying the rain saved the picks. I I agree with you, Brody. we got to talk about this because we'll have a little bit of time to talk about it, of course, with the kind of mini-buy here. We'll have time to talk about what happens at quarterback. I know Steve Wilk's going to come back tomorrow morning and tell us, "Um, I haven't made a decision, probably won't make a decision until Wednesday of next week when he speaks to the media for the second time. But i got to think about this out loud because this team's still alive. And Sam Darnold, oh, my God, Sam Darnold is back. And Baker is headbutting people. And I do have something to say about Baker Mayfield. What are they going to do at quarterback at this point in time? Because clearly they have a formula that can win them football games. The one thing is though, they cannot have someone who puts the ball in harm's way. So we'll get into what Steve Wilkes possibly could do moving forward with the quarterback position next week in Baltimore and the six weeks thereafter here on Locked on Panthers. And by the way, folks, today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn in jobs these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free it's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn jobs. And once you do, be sure to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screen questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and potentially hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Okay, Panthers again, 25, the Falcons 15, Panthers now 3-1 in the division. And it would be really nice if they could win a game against a non-divisional opponent. The Giants fiasco week two, they were in it, didn't win it. Arizona, I mean, that one falls apart. They really have not been in any game outside of a team that they play in the NFC South, which makes sense because every team in the NFC South, including our Carolina Panthers, stinks. The Saints stink. They've been injured. Andy Dalton apparently is a starting quarterback right now over Jameis. I don't know what's going on down in New Orleans. Michael Thomas is out for the rest of the season. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Dennis Allen. Being the same Dennis Allen he was back when he first was a head coach, things aren't working out in New Orleans. They're no good. They were half game over the, ahead of the Panthers. I think they get Pittsburgh on Sunday and the Steelers stink too. So we'll see what happens with that. Kenny Pickett, best of luck to him. I don't know. Hopefully the Saints lose and the Panthers are right there, not by themselves in last place in the NFC South. The Falcons, I talked to Aaron Freeman, who is the host of Locked on Falcons on our crossover episode on Thursday, and he said that this game would tell whether the Falcons are legit. I'm like, really, dude? Beating the Panthers on Thursday Night Football is going to tell you where the Falcons are legit? Your team sucks, man. This, Our team sucks, too. No team... In this division is good, so let's not use any game within the division as a barometer of who is legit and who is not. Because every team in this division is bad, even the one quarterbacked by Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr., the greatest living American who also has unfortunately had his life fall apart off of the field. Not going to get too much into that. And I think it's Seattle, probably, which, you know, freaking Smith is going to beat them on Sunday. So if that's the case and the Panthers are back within a game, the Panthers have decisions to make. And really, Steve Wilkes has a decision to make of what he wants to keep doing here at the quarterback position. He has not been married to PJ or Baker. Of course, Sam has not been available. He has not wanted to talk, talk about hypotheticals. He has sat here and taken it week to week as far as the quarterback position goes. I thought there was a great argument, possibly, that Baker Mayfield could have started tonight based off of P.J. posting a 0. 0.0 rating in the first half of Sunday's embarrassing loss in Cincinnati and then Baker coming out and not looking bad at all. I thought there was a possibility. But Steve Wilkes with the short week said, you know what, forget it. We're going to go do this. Maybe Tepper told him, um, we can't give up. A fourth-round pick in 2024 because we made a mistake by trading for this quarterback who we needed to trade for anyway. But still, we can't do that. And maybe Scott Fitzgerald told him the same thing. I don't know. If Steve Wilson listened to those guys, anyways. He looks like a man who is not taking orders from anyone. He's gonna run his team however he damn well pleases. But Baker didn't start, and I'll give Baker credit here. Baker Mayfield said all he wants to do is win, and it's not his decision who's gonna play and who's gonna start. Of course, Baker Mayfield has to not be happy about the situation here in Carolina. He doesn't play well the first five weeks, gets injured, and then he plays well on Sunday. Doesn't get an opportunity. He has a chance now over the next eight nine days to prove that he is the guy. Really starting on Monday, whenever they're back at practice, to prove that he should be the guy. I don't think the Carolina Panthers should play him, but certainly he can try and convince Steve Wilkes that that's Steve Wilkes' best chance going into the playoffs. And in the same token. Steve looks best opportunity of being the head ball coach here full time in Carolina. And I love the video in a way of Baker Mayfield celebrating with his teammates by headbutting them. Pretty stupid to do that. Don't know why you would headbutt anyone when they're wearing a helmet and you're not. But I love what it represented. It represented that Baker Mayfield is all in on this team, that this dude is a team player and that he wants to celebrate these dudes. So... I'm happy about that because he could sit there and pout. And here's the big thing. Sam Darnold, such a quiet dude. Everyone loves him. He stinks. But he'll be around the NFL for the next 10 years holding a clipboard and taking a job that someone else who's a better player than him could have. But Sam Darnold is a nice guy. He's got the great temperament of a backup quarterback. And he doesn't scare you. He'll be back there as a backup quarterback. Baker Mayfield, though, his reputation coming in here would not lead you to believe that if he failed, he would have an opportunity elsewhere. The way he's acting, the way he's handling himself like a professional will give him an opportunity elsewhere to be a backup and also effectively a clipboard holder and someone who takes notes for other quarterbacks. So good for Baker. I'm glad that he's not causing a sort of a stir. And I guess in a way it would be rewarding and nice to see him get an opportunity. But there's really no reason for the Panthers, I feel like, to do that at this point unless it's like, okay, hey, like legitimately if they want to go to the playoffs, this is the best option. I don't know what Steve's going to do. I really don't. I've tried to guess it. I don't think it's really the wisest thing. But hell, this is the Panthers podcast. I do this five days a week, so yeah, I gotta fill time and talk about stuff like this. Baker, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it. I don't. I just don't really see it. PJ, again, should have been intercepted three times tonight. Did not play a great ball game. Managed the game. Put that in quotes for the folks who aren't watching the show right now. Wasn't good. Good enough, but lucky. Sam Darnold, we know, stakes. We know Sam Darnold is not to be trusted. But we've also asked ourselves, what would it look like if Sam Darnold was behind a good offensive line? That's what you people... And I do mean you people, the Sam Darnold apologist, who said all last year, well, Sam's just in a bad situation. It's what the Tony Romo's, it's what the Daniel Jeremiah's, it's what I'm sure every USC Trojan fan and anyone in the town of San Clemente, California, saying, if only Sam had a good offensive line, then what might it look like? I don't know. It probably looked the same because he's not good. But we can also wonder... Is he the best option on this roster based off of what we've seen from Baker and five and a half games and from PJ in now four and a half games for the first 10 weeks of the season? I, I don't know. Historically, he's always turned the football over. He also got off to a great start last year when McCaffrey was healthy and things didn't fall apart around him and he didn't and all that. So I I don't really know. I would not be surprised. And we saw the report from Ian Rappaport early on in the week saying that Sam Darnold, who's of course been um, activated and they will evaluate him the rest of the season. As far as what they want to do next season. Okay. By no means is Sam Darnold going to be the starting quarterback here in Carolina in 2023. If he is, then I'm absolutely going to quit doing this podcast and move to Siberia. It's, I'm just not doing it. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and watch it. I can't see it happening, I guess, unless the world ha- – well, let me not say all that. Backtrack, backtrack. Unless he goes up and lights up their NFL the next seven weeks and takes them to the playoffs. I don't know. Again, y'all, this is not a good football team. But because they're in the worst division in the NFL, they have an opportunity. And as long as they have an opportunity, Steve Wilkes is going to do everything in his power to win football games and to try and show the Tech man – Hey, billionaire, I'm your guy, and he might be the guy, anyways. But I, as I said to y'all, if he doesn't win games, he's not gonna get out. He's not gonna have a case. It's the bottom line business. You either win or you lose. Two and three right now under Steve Wilkes. Happy for him. He's gotten this opportunity. We'll see. And in Matt, we got Matthew here in the comments here on YouTube saying, give it, a, give him a try. What's the worst that can happen? We move up up the draft board. <laughs> hey, congratulations to Texans fans who definitely need a quarterback. Davis Mills. Wow. Weird, a third-round quarterback isn't the answer for your franchise. Hmm, a guy you only got because the guy who you had before didn't want to be there anymore. It sounds kind of similar to a team here in Carolina that traded up for a third-round quarterback that they only got because... Their trade fell through that same night for another quarterback who was number one overall, but turned out to not be that good. And they felt like they had to get a quarterback. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting how that works when you just get a quarterback to get a quarterback, whatever Houston. Congratulations to the Texans fans. If you're out there that you have an opportunity to uh, potentially uh, get the number one pick. Now the Carolina Panthers decided to win a football game. But as I've said to y'all, I am not team tank. I'm winning games, I got to talk about this team every day. So I'd rather have a team that's in the hunt has an opportunity, but as long as they're in the NFC South, which I don't think they're going to be excommunicated from the division in the next month, um, they're going to have an opportunity potentially to be a playoff team and two miles down the road from where I'm sitting. Host at Maker America Stadium. I'm on board with it. I actually have a bachelor party that weekend that I would now have to throw, like, $900 down the drain for and have to stay in town for that, but I am totally down for it, so let's do that. And, yeah, the flags were really weird. And Steven says that he would let PJ play the rest of the season. I don't know. I, I My mind changes every day. I <laughs> Every game, I, make it, I have no idea what to say. Uh, I don't know. It, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um... Dante Jackson had an injury, and that kind of concerns me. And also saw an interesting tweet about an alternate universe where the Carolina Panthers are actually in first place. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But first, y'all... This episode of Locked On Panthers is also sponsored by Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, you'll want to listen up right now. Locked On Panthers listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for fifty percent off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report, a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use fast protection technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HC security cameras for inside. And outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to say big on the only security system that I, me, Julian Council, recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at slash locked on NFL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. That's simplysafecom locked on NFL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What was Icky doing out there tonight, y'all? He had four penalties. He protected the quarterback. The penalties were just not good. Just not good. Icky's been good. After that week one. He's been pretty good. But that was uh that was that was weird. I, I did not <laughs> love what I saw from Icky Iquanu today. Brady Christensen also had a couple. A penalty. so that left side of the offensive line didn't have their best night. Didn't hurt the Panthers. Didn't really uh, pull back, and uh, and they didn't really throw the ball that much today. Anyways, I think uh, the split as far as throwing the football. I didn't actually. I don't have the stats up anymore, uh, but at least in the first half. They threw, like, seven passes compared to, like, 30-something, 24 runs. Yeah, 24 pass twenty four runs and seven passes in the first half. Don't have what they did in totality. I think 16 for P.J. and then with 31 carries for Deontay. So, I don't know how many other guys ran the football. um Either way, Panthers get the win. Icky had an off game, but it's okay. He, we got the win either way. Um, Matthew asking, is Jacobs Eason still on the roster? No, they got rid of him this week. Um He's not good, so there's no point. Sam's back healthy. You don't need Jacob Eason. You got three quarterbacks. You're going to be on your active roster. Uh, I got Steven Austin saying Baker and Sam are a veteran, and they had their chance. Yes, they have had their chance, and PJ's getting his chance now. I just am telling you, I think the guy who's the head man right now is going to play the guy who you think gives him the best chance to win games and to eventually win. Earn this job. I'm not saying that it's like really about Steve Wilkes. It's also about the team as a whole, and they're gonna want to have the guy who can help them win football games. Is that PJ? If it is, then he'll go with PJ. If he thinks it's Baker, he'll go with Baker. If he thinks it's Sam, we'll go with Sam. I don't know. We'll see what happens moving forward. Now I'm curious to see about the health of Dante Jackson, because one thing that the Carolina Panthers can ill afford is is another injury in the secondary. They've already dealt with that with Jeremy Chin, who was out for six weeks, and I don't think anyone expected him to be out that long when he went on IR. He's been activated, or at least not activated. He's been designated to return. He will return next week against the Baltimore Ravens. I feel confident about that. Xavier Woods, like last year in Minnesota, he's been out there, been healthy. He's been, you know, fairly solid. And J.C. Horn's been good as well. But when it comes to the corner depth, and this is kind of a conversation I feel like we did have about just how quality it is. And we did talk about, hey, could the Panthers defense kind of go from good to great with C.J. Henderson stepping up? Well, C.J. Henderson has not stepped up. And I love The Amazon Prime Thursday Night Football tweet being like, C.J. Henderson's balling out this year. Y'all clearly on the social team over there are not watching the Panthers. I do not blame you. I would not want to put this burden on anyone who is not naturally Carolina Panthers fan to watch this team. But to put that tweet out saying, like, C.J. Henderson's been balling. Yes, if you're the other team targeting him, he absolutely is doing everything in his power to screw over the Panthers and allow you to win. But Henderson's just not good. And if Dante's out, that means it's JC, it's Henderson, and it's like Miles Hartsfield and Keith Taylor. Personally, for me, and I've, I feel like I noticed this on the broadcast, that when Dante went out, I believe Keith Taylor came in. I would be way more comfortable with Keith Taylor playing as the starting corner opposite of JC Horn than I would be with CJ Henderson based off of what I've seen this year. Now, CJ Henderson's, of course, going to play, but I would rather watch Keith Taylor get more snaps at this point than CJ because CJ Henderson really has just not shown anything to justify Scott Fitterer making that reactionary move back after week three last year to trade a third round pick and um, Dan Arnold to Jacksonville for CJ and a fifth round pick. It has not worked out for the Panthers. And he said it was a move for the future. As of today, it's not May, but as of right now, I don't think the Panthers are going to exercise a fifth year option. Why would they compare him? To the other first-round pick from the 2020 draft, Derek Brown, who has finally grown into his own. It took him three years, but hell, that's what happens. You know, it takes some time to develop, and Derek Brown's gone out there, and he's been great outside of the one game where he was sick on Sunday. C.J. Henderson has not been that guy, and I'm not trying to take a shot about C- at C.J. Henderson. I'm really not trying to be negative about him. Just, I'm just being honest about what we've seen. You've seen We've all seen how he's played. Uh, no. So, Dante, who apparently... Suffered an Achilles injury, and that's not good. He was holding his calf. They said the report said it was an Achilles, and anytime you hear that, it's usually not good. And Dante has just not been healthy the last three years. He had the turf toe in 2020. There was a great ESPN article about turf toe and just how debilitating of an injury that is. Where some days he'd feel good, other days, you know, he just might take the wrong turn or cut or whatever, and. There will be his games over. Then last year, I think it was the groin injury out for the season. Now this year, potentially we'll see. I'm not saying he's out for the season. Could have another significant injury. out. they're already dealing with the ankle that he was held? He he was active on Sunday against the Bengals, but was out there in a ball cap all day because they want to get him ready to turn around for this game. So I don't know. Maybe it's uh, part of the ankle that hurt. I don't know. I'm just hoping that it's not going to be something significant. So again, Jeremy Chin should be back, but might have lost Dante Jackson. In this game tonight. Now, I did see someone point this out um, on Twitter that had the Panthers not been beaten by a 58-yard field goal by Cade York in week one. And Cade York has missed a couple kicks since then. So, of course, of course he makes the one kick to win the game against us that he should miss. And then, of course, if they don't blow the Falcons game, this team is sitting at 5-5 five and five through 10 games and in first place in the NFC South. Now, that's the NFL. It's the margins. And we saw today with the three picks that should have been there. I and mean, even the Panthers had an opportunity as well um, for a couple picks there, but the picks that should have happened—that it's so close to the Panthers not winning this football game and then having fallen to two and eight, but instead they win, they're three and seven, and we feel good victory vibes here late here on a Friday morning as I'm talking about this game and the Panthers. So I don't know. Will it is what it is. They're still in it because of how bad the division is. I think Tampa probably loses. On Sunday, they should have lost to the Rams. They were sitting there watching that game, and I just could not believe that Sean McVay's team blew that game on the road against Tampa Bay. Tampa's not a good football team. They're not. Brady's not what he's been. I'm not saying he's, like, done, but he does. he's clearly not the guy we saw the last two years in Tampa. I'm sure now I've said that, and people are out here doubting as well that he might bounce back. But maybe, maybe this is the time that Tom Brady actually plays like his age, a 45-year-old man. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. But it's not going to be an easy road ahead. I mean, I had Cincinnati when I did the kind of schedule game a couple weeks ago with y'all. I had that as a loss because I did not see them winning on the road. The Panthers have yet to win a road game. They've yet to win a game outside of the division. They need to be able to win on the road. They should have won in Atlanta. But they got to go on the road again against a Baltimore team that I think is probably going to win the AFC North. It's either going to be them or Cincinnati. and Who knows, whenever you know Deshaun Watson comes back in Cleveland, maybe he leaves them on, I don't know. I think that's actually coming up pretty soon, too, isn't it? It's like in two weeks. Um, whatever. But still, it's going to be a tough road. You got Seattle on the road. I just the two ga- Those two games, I don't see how they win that. And to go on the road later on in the season against like two divisional opponents, you're going to have to have won games before then. You get Pittsburgh at home. They stink. Um, Denver at home. Brussels has been bad. There's seven more games. There's a couple more. I think there's like two or three home games at this point. They might already have played – they played probably only two more home games. So, you got to win those, of course, and you got to find a way to win the divisional games because those are, of course, the most important ones. But I just don't think next Sunday in Baltimore that's going to be a winning football game. But we'll see. Plenty of time to get healthy. More time to get healthy. Not plenty of time to get healthy. And what we'll to find out what Steve Oaks wants to do at the quarterback possession, um, position. But I'm happy though tonight, this morning, really at twelve 12:25 uh, a.m. here on a Friday morning, the Carolina Panthers got that 25-15 dub against the Atlanta Falcons, and our are three and seven overall. And come Sunday, we'll only be one game back in the NFC South standings, and they'll be playing meaningful football. With seven games to remain, and that's really all we want. And if they don't win it, okay, whatever. They'll have a top pick, and then. Fingers crossed they draft the right guy there at quarterback. But that's going to wrap up this live edition of the Locked on Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to watch the show. Subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, where after every single Panthers game and, of course, any big-time breaking news, I am live here on YouTube. If you ever miss a YouTube episode, that's okay. Just be sure to... Check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, including this podcast, of course. Rate, review, subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where next Friday, the 18th, I will be back with another weekly Friday mailbag edition of Locked on Panthers. Either at me or DM me at Julian Council. Participate in that weekly Friday mailbag as long as we have Twitter Because Elon Musk is deciding to just tear it down. I don't know. It's Hey, he spent $44 billion. That's probably not how i choose to use my money if I had $44 billion. But also, you wouldn't even know my name if I had $44 billion because I would disappear. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. Enjoy your weekend and a Sunday free of watching the Carolina Panthers. And as always, y'all, keep pounding. I'll talk to you. Probably tomorrow because that actually will be the day after. So probably gonna do a podcast tomorrow or Friday, today, whatever. Whenever you're listening to it, I'm gonna put it out. Maybe right after. I don't know when I'm gonna put it out. But that will serve as Monday's episode. So Steve Wilk should speak to the media on Friday. I'll do a podcast after that. Then after that, I'm gonna enjoy my weekend and I'll talk to you guys after that on Tuesday. But again, that's why you gotta rate review, subscribe, so you never miss an episode. Either way, take care. Good night. I'm going to bed.